Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon or a day later wherever you get your podcasts um, with ads. It's ad-free here on Patreon. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you doing today? Kenny, I'm doing all right, yes. Yes, doing well. Yes, just uh, putting the finishing touches to the annual alternative year-end awards for the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine. So um, yeah, I've come up with some new material there, some new categories which is, I don't know, I mean, how long have I been doing this for? I think quite a few years in Power Slam, and then we brought it back in Inside Ropes magazine. I think this is the fourth year I've done it for ITR magazine. Four years. Can you believe it's four years now since? Yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah, yeah, the fourth year. So, um... And the thing is, you know, a lot of people at your age, Finn, don't come up with fresh material. They just do the greatest hits. <laughs> You're still banging out new hits. Well, I mean... You know, the, the readers will have to be the judge of that, Kenny. Yes. I mean, hopefully there'll be hits and not flops. But yes. We'll, you know, people shall people will make their own determination about that. Yeah, I think they? there's some, some, uh, some decent material. Some good material, not decent. Not selling myself short again. Some fabulous material in there, Kenny. That's more like it. There you go, there you go. Well, listen, there's loads of stuff in the world of wrestling for us to talk about. Um, Kevin Dunn, we mentioned this briefly on Tuesday. Kevin Dunn is gone. He is, you know, the the word being banned at his retirement. But, you know, we can read between the lines, Finn. We're not idiots. We know what's happened here. Triple H has finally got to a point where he can get Kevin Dunn out. And he has. 
and he's you know he's done it in a way but it doesn't look like he was you know doing it as a sort of like right old guard out new guard in he's given it some time but yeah i did see someone say a very funny line on twitter where they said you know maybe we should give him a 21 cut salute on monday <laughs> um oh. but, uh, what, what do you make of, uh, of the the retirement of big kd I just had flashbacks there, Kenny, to those um, gimmicks they did, you know, the when Braun Strowman was turning the vehicles over. Oh, God. And I started feeling ill, you know, <laughs> you know, just with all those crazy amount of cuts that they included to make it look like Braun really was toppling those vehicles over. Um, I mean, yeah, it was July 2022, of course, when Vince retired. And, um, you know, lots of people predicted that Dunn would, um, you know, be um, sent on his merry way within weeks of uh, Vince stepping down and Triple H taking over. Because as we know, when people come in, this happens in in industries and corporations and organisations everywhere. You know, when people go and, you know, their replacement takes over, they like to surround themselves with their own people, you know, who are loyal to them who will do uh, what they ask, you know, without question, without argument, without any of this, well, this is the way we've always done it around here. Uh, So, I mean, that's generally why it happens. So I think actually Kevin Dunn did well to last as long as he did after Vince, you know, retired under not mysterious circumstances, under circumstances we all understand perfectly in July 2022. And then, of course, he came back early last year, and then he was sent packing again. Um, It feels like the right time for him to go. I think this has been a respectful way um, for him to be, you know, basically, I think it seems like they've handled it with a lot of grace. I'm not sure how old Kevin Dunn is, but he's got to be well into his 60s, if not older. Is he not? Is he in his 70s? I'm trying to figure out. Uh, He is... There's not, there's not really an age for him online. It's difficult to kind of get a... I mean, he, he must be. He's, I mean, he's past retirement age, so I don't think this has been... You know, I mean, like, we, we, we saw him in Cardiff, and he did not yes. look like... He looked like someone who would be getting on the pensioner's bus rather than travelling the world. Absolutely. So, I mean, to me, I feel like, you know, he had a bloody good run there. Was he? I think was he. He wasn't the first employee. I believe Howard Finkel was the first employee. I think that was Howard Finkel's claim to fame, wasn't it? Yeah, but apparently Kevin Dunn was with the company since 1984. That's it. Yeah, he was a, obviously a huge part of, you know, Vince's national expansion. You know, he was one of the architects of the expansion of the company and its, you know, growth from regional operation to national and international colossus. So he was a massive part of the company's success story. Um, You know, he was a controversial figure. A lot of people, particularly Jim Cornette, didn't like him. Well, there was also a lot of stories. stories Yeah, I was going to say, there there were stories of how he would speak about women. You know, he didn't like people with accents or the way he treated Jim Ross over the years. So... You know, there's yeah. not a lot of people who are. He was very image, very image. He wanted to put out, and he was very image conscious, wasn't he? Which is ironic, given the yeah, image it, that, he that has. is ironic. Yes, <laughs> you that's know, um... it. So, uh... but yeah, he. But I, he I... wanted to, you know, he wanted to, that. That was his focus, wasn't it? For for WWE, he felt that if someone 
wasn't attractive, you know, wasn't, you know, television camera friendly and they weren't getting over, then he would often step in and say, we need to push this person instead or feature this person instead of this other person, because we're all about, you know, making stars and creating stars and, you know, presenting the beautiful people to the world. Yeah, that, I mean, that was that was his idea. Um, I mean, I, I don't think people are going to be coming out saying how great a guy he was. That just doesn't seem to be what people have said over the years. But he was he was responsible for a lot of big stuff that they did. And you know, while I know that kind of at the end, people joke about his camera cuts because it did get it, it has gotten pretty bad of how yeah. many there are. But I mean, he was responsible for a lot of their success, so he has to be given some credit for that. I think, rather than just yeah. the... He was their production whiz kid at the beginning, wasn't he? I mm-hmm. mean, he was the one who, you go back and look at, you know, wrestling in 83, 84, 85, and just see how it progressed and just became state-of-the-art and obviously spent huge money on the production and presentation of the television and the pay-per-views. And we all remember when we saw WWF stroke WWE for the first time and we're just blown away by you know how a-list you know like how extraordinary it looked and uh kevin dunn was a huge part of that just persuading vince to spend big money on the appearance and the you know look and you know all the gimmicks and props i mean look at wrestlemania you know look at some of the sets that we saw at wrestlemania over the years i always remember the one from 2013 the new york new jersey one I, that was you were there for that and i just thought that was an amazing set we've talked yeah. about this before yeah yeah no he, he was responsible for a lot of you know loads of the wrestlemanias he was i mean the, the way the stuff was shot i know he wasn't i know he wasn't responsible for for every part of the set but he was responsible for the way stuff was shot and a lot of the stuff looked amazing looked really big so yeah i mean it would be good it would be very interesting if he decided to write a book or to do a sort of proper interview. I don't think he will, but if he no. did, it'd be interesting to see someone grill him. Yeah, he would. I imagine he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, um, and maybe not with a large sort of appearance or promo or speech or anything. I mean, he was camera shy. I mean, he's certainly not somebody that many people even knew. <laughs> a lot of people didn't even know what he looked like. So I mean, I'm, did he ever appear on TV? I'm not sure if he ever I did. I think I think he appeared on a couple of the Tough Enough audition episodes. Okay. In 2001, 2002, because if you go onto like IMDb, that's the photo that you see of him, uh, which is from yeah. He definitely said a couple of things on on that because it was Kevin Dunn, Big John Gaburik, or whatever his name was. That that guy who yeah. who went into TNA. Yeah, yeah, Taz worked. Taz was a big, big part of that as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So, if you're curious what he looks like, then those early tough enough episodes are the way you're going to find out. So, yeah, yeah, Kevin Dunn's gone. Chris Jericho is the next thing on our list of things to talk about. So, to try and make this as succinct as possible, I'll kind of explain where we are, and then I'll throw to you, Finn, for just any thoughts that you have, and we can discuss. So, last week or so Christmas Day, Jericho had tweeted out about saying he didn't have the NDA, you know, about... Now, uh, now Kenny, wasn't this about 4am on yes, Christmas this, Day morning? Yes, this was when he was definitely sauced a bit. So, Punk and, Punk and Cornette's lawyer, Stephen Pino, I know I've, I've gone over this before, but if we're going to chat about it, we may as well contextualise it. Um, 
Stephen P. New is Punk's lawyer, also Cornette's lawyer, and he had said that everybody who was involved in the All Out brawl had has an NDA for life and can't talk about it. The only one who can who could talk about it is Lucy, uh, A. Steele's wife. So then Jericho retweeted Stephen P. News saying that and said, I didn't sign an NDA. And then Nick Houseman kind of responded to Jericho and said, what about the NDAs you've made people sign? To which Jericho blocked him. And then Houseman had done an appearance on, he, he does a podcast called Rumor and Innuendo with ad-free shows. And he had said, and I think the language is quite important here because it's kind of been taken out of context a bit. He said that people sometimes aren't what they seem. And that Chris Jericho, in his opinion, has, there's some stuff about Chris that has not come out that he thinks would change people's opinion of him. And then he went on to say, look at somebody like Harvey Weinstein. People thought he was one way, he was another. And then he clarified, I'm not saying Chris is like Harvey Weinstein. I'm just using that as an example of a big figure who was outed for certain things and then the perception of them had changed. Then from there, a Reddit thread from a couple of years ago that involved people saying that Chris Jericho, you know, had had basically been inappropriate in some way, came out, and that also included a story that alleged that Kylie Ray in 2019 had left AEW because she'd been invited to Jericho's hotel room for a party. There was no party, it was just him. He'd made a pass at her. She said no. She felt very very uncomfortable and she left the company. Kylie Ray then replied to a Twitter screenshot of all that stuff with a love heart, which indicated she is saying that, that, that she's saying that occurred. Then yes. Jericho got heavily booed at in the latter parts of the match at World's End. Oh, I mean, the fans were all over him, weren't they? Chanting NDA, Kylie Ray, every time he tagged in. I mean, it was brutal boos. I mean, yeah. that audience knew. And obviously, they knew what he'd been accused of. They were aware of the story. And they were all over Chris Jericho. And um, it looked to me like it affected his performance. Really hard to tell with Jericho these days. But, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it was... It was it was very noticeable and um yeah i just yeah very uh very tricky for jericho anyway kenny i just cut you off there in no, full no, flow. no good good context for that so so jericho obviously like you say bad reaction at world's end then yeah. hausman has come out of sense and said look because hausman never mentioned kylie ray that's the important part he never mentioned kylie ray or that scenario but people were kind of gripping in the kylie ray story and her putting the love heart to what Hausman was saying and kind of grouping it together as one thing. And Hausman was trying to say, I didn't mention Kylie Ray. I'm I'm not saying anything about that. So then some people say, well, Hausman's backtracking. He's saying he's not backtracking because he's not, you know, he's he never said he mentioned her. That's where we are. Jericho then was not on Dynamite last night. Um, I'll, I'll just say what I think first, right? So I should also just mention, sorry, Kenny, um, mm-hmm. Tony Khan was quizzed about this, wasn't he, at the World's End media scrum and didn't really answer. He just said, we've got a really good record looking after our talent. But he wouldn't talk about the allegation specific against Jericho specifically, would he? No. And he was asked by, I think it was USA Today, he was asked by a pretty major outlet, did an investigation ever happen to Chris Jericho for, the, for incidents that are being reported? Now, what... 
Tony Khan should have said was either yes, there was an investigation and we found no wrongdoing, or no, there was not an investigation because there was never an issue brought to us. And if there had been, there would have been an investigation. And then, yeah. you know, I've spoken to Chris. He is more than happy to cooperate in any investigation where wrongdoing is being alleged. He does not ref- that, that's not what he... this or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Mean, like that. I mean, we've we've heard it many times with any sort of scandal involving anyone or allegations made against any public figure. We know the language that people use, and um Tony Khan should have been prepared for that, Kenny. Yeah, he should have been. And instead he said, you know. AEW is the safest place to work in the world, which would be fine if he hadn't come out and said he was scared for his own life three months ago at work. But hmm. yeah, so so again, I the Kylie Ray thing, I don't wanna, you know, if if that's what she's if if she is alluding that that's what happened to her, I I obviously feel bad for her and do not want to dim, diminish that at all. Um, I mean, can I just chime in here, Kenny? I mean, it was very odd. This was like the the gig of a lifetime for her. Yeah. She'd been working for years towards this AEW sport and you know and she was she had a quite a bit of momentum she'd done some good stuff in lots of companies okay she was a lot of people said well she's too much like bailey she was a very talented wrestler and had a you know quite i would say a deep connection with the audience i think she could have done very well in aew yeah so it was odd that she suddenly decided to leave wasn't it and now perhaps we know the reason why and I think that, and again, I'm just I'm just going by what is out there right now, and I don't want to. I've worked with Jericho. If I knew anything, I would. If I knew anything, I, I wouldn't necessarily say if I knew anything, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go on to say what I'm about to say if I knew something bad. Put it that way. I think the the thing with Jericho is, if Jericho has has hit on someone, that is a that is a different thing to, you know, some of the other wording that's being put out there. You know, sexual assault. Sexual assault is a very, a very big term to put out on someone, and I think it's something that can, you know, ruin a career if it's put out there. So I think we need to be careful about, you know, let's listen to people who, because also Kelly Ray has not come forward in any way to talk about this. She's not, and and until she does, I don't really know. I don't think it's fair for us to basically blacklist Chris Jericho based on that, unless she comes forward and wants to talk about it and if she does then maybe Tony Khan has to look into it but I just can't kind of help but feel that we are we're basically not we not me and you but the general wrestling fandom seems to be sort of putting on a lot of this kind of speaking out stuff onto Chris Jericho in this scenario before we really know any more about it so I'm a bit yeah, conflicted I mean, about I mean, what to think I mean the court of a pu- public opinion is brutal we have seen this so many times and you're right that people's careers can be completely ruined by, you know, allegations. And it's very, these are always very tricky subjects to talk about in podcasts because we don't really know what happened, do we? We've got an idea. Um, yeah. You know, we've both heard stuff, um, but it's like, you know, we don't know. Um what Jericho needs to do is he needs to get together with Tony Khan. Jericho needs to stop you know, mouthing off on Twitter or arguing with people online. He needs to just, you know, seek legal advice, get together with Tony Khan, and they need to make a statement about this. And Jericho also needs to say, I'll be happy, as you point out, Kenny, I'll be happy to cooperate with any internal investigation. I would be happy to answer any questions, you know, and I'm going to, you know, 
take a break from TV until this matter is settled. And I think that's what's going to happen anyway, because they don't want him on TV, having fans booing him out of the building, chanting NDA and Kylie Ray in, because it's just going to overshadow the matches. And people are going to feel very uncomfortable about, you know, watching him, you know, wrestle and do angles and, you know, do his shtick when this is hanging over him. But to me, Jericho needs to address this you know, in yeah. some way publicly. You know, I mean, like, you know, he's, he's, got, he's nothing... got he's got a podcast. He's got all this stuff. He ha- you can't really keep doing all this stuff and have something quite serious being said about you, and not at least make a statement of your your view or your site. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, he's yeah, he's got he absolutely does. Otherwise, he's this is it. You know, this is gonna just follow him around forever. So, I mean, he needs to, you know, he needs to tackle this one head on if he's got nothing to hide, that is. So, um, you know, as I said, these things are very tricky to talk about because it's just allegations. I remember back in 2020 when we spoke about speaking out and it was, that was very, very difficult, um, yeah. you know, podcast to record because it, it's a lot of allegations and obviously many of them were true. Um, some of them were not, but it would, took time for, we for us to learn, you know, what was true and what wasn't. And, you know, if you start wading into this when you don't know, I think it just makes the situation worse. And it's kind of total yellow journalism. And it's something that I've tried to avoid, you know, for all the time that I've been covering this industry. Yeah, I think because I think it's, it's the balance of you want to be respectful to people who are accusing somebody of something. You don't want it to make you feel that you're not believing them, but then you also want to give the person <clears throat> who has been accused a fair shot at sort of explaining themselves and having an investigation happen. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Jericho thing, there's a couple of other situations where I know Mariah May had, like, tweeted out something where he, like, slid into her DMs and, and stuff. But, I mean, again, it's like... <laughs> this is not the first time where wrestlers have hit on people. You know, no. in, in, in the world. I mean, it goes on all the time. But it's whether, is it more than that is really the question. Because if it's a case of he's making a pass at someone, you know, you can't lock the guy up for that. You know, no. it's like, whereas if it's something where he, something further to that has happened, then there's an issue. And that's where, like you say, he has to at least make a statement at this point because it's it's too big. You know, I think had he gone into World's End and there wasn't really a reaction, a bad reaction, then maybe he didn't need to make a statement. But I think the... Because AEW, 
the, the, the difficulty for them is that AEW has always been a company where it's like, you know, we are not, we are going to kind of be on the, the right side of the morals. You know, yeah. we're not, we're not going to go to Saudi Arabia and take money from them. And we're not going to, you know, we're going to be inclusive to everybody. I mean, the other thing is, and I'm just going to say this, I probably shouldn't say this on here, but I'm going to say it anyway. The thing that troubles me a, a lot is that, you know, Jericho's wife, her Twitter has just become public. And yesterday she retweeted a thing that said, uh, we'd love to see this happen. And it was a picture of the pride flag on fire. You know, so to, it's like, if I'm Jericho, I'm saying to my wife, can you not be putting that kind of stuff out there? You know, this is not going to help me at all, you know, by putting these really extreme... Yeah, exactly, yeah. She shouldn't be putting... No one, no one who's... I mean, no one should be, you know, retweeting things like that in 2024. Or in no. 20, you know, it just shouldn't happen. So, it just shouldn't be happening. And I, I think that by her doing that, and, you know, I, look, I'm not here to say... If you're right-wing or left-wing, who cares? But there's... There's, you know, being a morally good person. And when she's doing stuff like that, that is then going to, it's going to rub off on Jericho because people are going to go, well, you know, if he's married to her, then, you know, that's that's the kind of company he's keeping. Da, da, da. It all yeah. spirals, you know, because like you say, the court of public opinion is is very quick to come down on people. So if we've got Jericho who... It's very who, quick to pass judgment, isn't it, Kenny? Yeah, but, but also to give Jericho a bit of praise. I mean, Jericho, you know, there was also, I'm not going to go into some of the anti-trans tweets that his wife was tweeting out, but I mean, Jericho was one of the people on social media, if you remember, that was back in Nyla Rose and saying, you know, listen, don't give her any shit. It, it, she is she. You know, he was defending her. So it's strange to me that he was someone who, when AEW started, he kind of seemed to be quite a progressive person in terms of a lot of things. And now, in 2024, there's this accusation out there. His wife has, you know, lost the plot, it seems. So it's all, yeah, it's all kind of in a weird space. Uh, I wonder what his his next move is going to be, because he needs to make some sort of move, I think. Yeah, he, he absolutely does. He needs to, um, you know, crisis management. If he hasn't called them, he needs to. You know, that would be my advice to Jericho. Um, <clears throat> but, We'll see what else comes out, if anything. Yeah, so um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, before we go, a couple of things. Um, Diona Parazzo, uh, she made her debut last night at, at Dynamite. She ended up coming out after Mariah May won her debut match. Um, she was a big player in Impact for a while. Um, yeah. It kind of felt like she was gonna, she was gonna go to either AEW or WWE. So she's made her made her choice. Do you what do you think of a signing for them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, she made that appearance, didn't she, during the uh, disastrous AW Impact uh, talent trade agreement? Do you remember that? They vaguely, jumped her out, yeah. didn't they? Do you remember that? I vaguely remember her appearing, but yeah, I mean, nobody in Impact got a good run out of that. I mean, what a bomb that was. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good move uh, for Diona Perazzo. I mean, she'd done everything she could in Impact. Um, she'd done everything she could in Impact some months ago. Um, there's obviously opportunities for her um, in AEW in the women's division. She's very competent in the ring. She knows what she's doing. She's very confident. I think she's got a good character um, that is truly original. No one else does what she does. I thought she looked good in a brief interaction with Mariah May, who, sad to say, did look quite green in the match. 
Um, she won the match, she looked okay, but you know, some of her bumping and some of her spots, you know, looked really scrappy. And yeah, she's far from the finished article, Mariah May, as far as I can see, at least based on that match. I've seen her obviously wrestle previously. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she's somebody who actually would would have greatly benefited from entering the WWE system. Um, maybe Diona Perazzo is just the right opponent for her. Uh, one imagines that Diona will face Mariah May, beat her, and then go on to tangle with Tony Storm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I like the sound of that. I mean, a lot of people thought that Mercedes Monet was going to appear on Dynamite last night. She did not. So I know maybe she's keeping she us waiting. I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a good move for Diona Perazzo, and I think this is a, an excellent signing for AEW's women's division. Um, obviously, nowhere near as big as Mercedes Monet, formerly Sasha Banks, um, but, um, you know, a quality signing for AEW. So well done to them. It's also quite a good, um, if they are still in a negotiating phase with Mercedes Monet, which we believe they are, it's also a good kind of thing to show her. You go, look, look who we've just signed. We've signed a, a big player in women's wrestling. You know, we're, we're taking this seriously. We want to revamp this division. And, you know, hope maybe that'll go go a little ways towards making Mercedes comfortable enough to sign. So, Yeah, I we'll guess see. it depends on how much money Tony Khan's coming up with. Yeah, so. I, I think the money is, is the most important thing. But speaking oh, of yes. it... Yeah, I mean, you know, the clue's in the name, right? Exactly, exactly. More money. Uh, but speaking of Mercedes, you know, when she left WWE back as Sasha Banks in 2022, um, she left with Naomi who obviously has been on to Impact, and she's the current Impact Knockouts champion. But Trinity may be heading back to WWE. Uh, Fightful Select have said that her contract is up soon. Uh, she's expected to be a free agent, and that WWE are not only confident that there's a good chance that she'll end, back, end up back in the company, but they outright expect it to happen. And obviously she's married to Jimmy Uso, so you know there, there's that. I mean... I mean, I kind of love the fact that she didn't just go back and she went and made a name for herself and she did all the stuff and they are now courting her again. I really like and respect what she's done because a lot of people probably just would have went back. And I like that she kind of, you know, not a lot of wrestlers take the tough road and I think she took the tougher road and I respect that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it was a, a good move for her to join Impact. Um, she's facing uh, defending the uh, Knockouts World Championship against Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill this Saturday. Um, this seems to be seems to be fairly obvious that Trinity is dropping the belt at Hard to Kill to Grace, um, and then presumably will return at Raw Rumble. That would seem like the right match for her to appear in, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it feels. I mean, because the SmackDown side was kind of need needs something. Obviously, with Charlotte Flair out, so if Naomi was to come yeah. back, it could be good for her. Absolutely. And will she be involved in the Bloodline or not? I mean, you know, that's an interesting proposition, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, she's she's someone who you know could, I could see a big match with her and Bianca Belair down the line. I think there's there's lots of oppor- there's lots of things she could do if she came back. Um, because she's made a name for herself. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what she does. I like her, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I mean, she, as far as I know, I mean, she, has she ever played heel before in WWE? I don't think she has. I don't think so. 
I don't think so. So, I mean, turning heel, that would be huge. Um, you know, being part of the bloodline, I think that could, you know, distract us from, you know, Jimmy's wars lately. I mean, he hasn't really done anything to speak of or anything of any great interest in many, many weeks. So I think, you know, if she returns as Naomi to SmackDown, obviously she's going to be part of the SmackDown brand and then joins the bloodline. I think there could be some quite interesting interaction between Naomi and Jimmy and Roman Reigns. You know, if Roman Reigns is bossing Jimmy about and then Naomi stands up for Jimmy, that creates some quite interesting uh, possibilities, doesn't it? Of Naomi yeah. versus Roman Reigns, obviously not in a match, but in an argument backstage. And then Jimmy's like, what are you doing? This is the tribal chief. There's lots of directions that can go in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope she does return. I'm sure she will do. Um, it seems like a you know natural progression for her. And she never really did that much. You know, she did have some good matches in WWE. Um, you know, she was somebody who had to be pitted against the right opponent, I always felt. Yeah. But she never really did any character work that you would really say, oh, yeah, you've got to watch that. Wasn't that, you know, outstanding or wasn't that, you know, difference, difference-making segment or whatever. And I think she could change all that by, you know, or by or through her association with the bloodline. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's there's lots to lots to be excited about. So good for her, and uh, yeah, because she I mean she would have probably got more money if she just went back to WWE, but she took the the Impact role and was clever to see that that would be good for her and give her more options. So definitely, I think she's contributed a lot to Impact. You know, I'm sure she, if she's dropping the belt to Jordan Grace, I'm sure she'll do it with a smile on her face, with good grace, and really put her over on the way out. You know, and leave a, a very good impression of her time there. And, you know, she can then, you know, return to WWE and, um, you know, have a new career there. I mean, what she also, sorry, Kenny. No, sorry. She, yeah, she, you asked what age she was. She is... 36. 36, yeah. Well, I was going to say, because also a kind of story is that Endeavour are going to be working with TNA on their streaming service. So that opens up the idea that if Naomi comes back to WWE, they can actually use some footage, potentially, of her run and impact. Which could be, you know, helpful for for stuff. You know, it means she can talk about it. She doesn't need to kind of be like, "I've not existed for two years." Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, we'll, we'll see what happens with her when she inevitably drops the belt to Jordan Grace and then makes her way back. Yes. Uh, um. Now we will try. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to watch the Okada Danielson match from Wrestle Kingdom for next Tuesday. So we, may, we can maybe talk about that on the podcast. But there has been a surprise debut. At Wrestle Kingdom, Finn, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Hang on a minute, Kenny. Does he have the initials NN? He does. Nick Nemeth made a surprise debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He sat in the front row for the uh, IWGP Global Title Match, where David Finlay beat John Moxley and Will Osprey to win the belt. And then he ended up after beat the match when he was being taunted by Finlay. He got into a brawl with the champ. So I guess that's setting up Ziggler and Finlay. Not a yeah. lot of people, I think, expected this to be the first place we see Dolph Ziggler. Well, I mean, I suppose not. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not excited about it, Kenny. It's Dolph Ziggler or the former Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and um, he's got he's to give us something to care about. You know, as we, we talked about many times, Kenny, he spent too long in WWE. He just became like part of the furniture, didn't he? Yeah. You know, he became like the wallpaper 
he was somebody that you didn't even you know you didn't even really at the end there you're just like oh is he still under contract what's he doing why is he there <laughs> and obviously they were paying him well so you know on one hand you say well you spent too finley you've spent too long there but on the other hand finley he was earning a lot of money for really not working very hard what would you have done and yeah that is a dilemma you know if you're a wrestler you know do you take the money or is it all about creative you know satisfaction and I think it was the right decision for WWE to let him go. I'm sure he would agree with that statement. And um, yeah, he's joined New Japan. It's a totally different environment. I don't think he's ever wrestled there before. He's obviously been, he was part of the part of WWE from, was it 2003 or four? It was nearly 20 years, wasn't it? It was yeah. a very long time um, yeah. you know, between you know, training and then joining the main roster. So yeah, it's up to him to persuade us, you know, to give a damn again, because I really don't at this point in time. But if he goes out there and does something new, you know, create, unleashes a new character and has a new style and does things differently to how he was doing them in WWE when he just becomes so monotonous and so familiar, then maybe I'll, you know, sing a different tune here on the podcast and say, yes, you must watch Nick Nemeth's you know, latest match, check that one out. It was dynamite, you know? So it's up yeah. to him, Kenny, really. I, I can't imagine you're too thrilled about it either. No, I mean, I, I I like that it's something different. I like that he's turned up somewhere different than I was expecting him to. But yeah, it's, I think he's going to have to, you know, his catchphrase as Dolph Ziggler was, I'm here to show the world. We're going to have to show yeah. the world because, I mean, because he, the thing is, he could get, he, he's going to get a job anywhere. Like he can get a job in AEW if he wants or Impact if he wants, no problem. But can he be a name? Can he be a big name? And that's something that he's got to to work on because he he stayed in WWE years too long. He debuted two thousand four in WWE for OVW, so almost twenty years. And yeah, he's gonna. But, but you know, I mean, he, maybe he's looking forward to the challenge of seeing if he can you know, make people care. So, yeah, good good for him. We'll, we'll see if he is able to make this into something. But yeah, I, I mean, he, to me, the person whose career we should be studying is Matt Cardona, who has totally reinvented himself, certainly last year. Yeah. You know, deathmatch royalty. I mean, I'm not a fan of deathmatches. You know, I don't want to watch people bleed all over the place unless it's, you know, within the context of a match where it enhances a match. And usually it doesn't um, in these days, sadly. But Matt Cardona created a totally new character for himself. Him and Steph. He earns and more money he, now than he did when he was in WWE. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's promoting all these things. He's totally in control of everything that he does. I mean, when he came out and did that Ghostbusters ent- uh, entrance in yeah. GCW, I assume he put the money up for that, hiring the car, hiring the vehicle, uh, which they also used uh, in uh, week two of Halloween Havoc, didn't they? With um, Scarlet and Shotzi, they arrived in the Ghostbusters vehicle. I wonder if there's like one Ghostbusters car or uh, many Ghostbusters cars. Probably many, I would assume. And um, <laughs> yeah, Matt Cardona is somebody who could have just phoned it in, you know, as his WWE character, but decided to totally reinvent himself and has had this new lease of life on his career. So to me, that's what the former Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth, needs to do in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, listen, we'll see We'll see how he does. I, I assume it's going to set up Finlay and 
Ziggler or Nemeth in New Japan Strong. They usually have like a big show in February or March, usually in San Francisco. So I guess that that might be where they wrestled. But yeah, that Dave, Finley, that Dave Finley's a hell of a talent. I'm really surprised that he hasn't yet made his way to WWE. He must be very happy in New Japan. Yeah, yeah, it must be. You know, they're honing his craft. So that they absolutely. You know, because he might he he might be aware that you know I only want to go to WWE when I'm ready. I don't want to go when I'm you know going to get lost in the shuffle. So, yeah. Anyway, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back with an overrun talking issue seven of Power Slam on Patreon and much much more. And before you know it, we'll have two Royal Rumbles to talk about. We'll have the one from '04 and the one from this year. So, um, yeah, inside the Rose magazines where you can che- dot com is where you can check out the mag. The pre order for issue forty one should be up soon. And um, Patreon is the best way where you can hear us, as I say, every, every week, every, every day, actually. There's content every day that goes out at patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. So hope you have a good weekend, Finn. Whatever you're getting up to. I'm going to be working, Kenny, on well, the next okay. issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, which incidentally is on sale January 25th. So, yes. uh, yeah, I've got oh. my alternative awards, the cover, Q&A from the top. What's going down? So much to do still. I know. Well, at least you've got plenty to talk about with uh, everything that's going on. But yeah, thank you for all your support, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.